Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or as we like to call it, how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry. I'm a mum of two and I run Kinderama, which is a multi-activity program for younger kids. I've been working with kids for over 20 years. I'm Bethanel Reardon and I'm a psychotherapist and a mum of three. I run the Camp Parenting Club and I've been supporting families to create change and help parents be the person and parent they want to be for over 15 years. Now, each week on our podcast, we're going to be answering one of your parenting questions. And if you would like us to answer something for you, email us at themummind at gmail.com. So this week's episode has the very broad topic, (laughs) calm, the holy grail of parenting. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, isn't it, Steph? I mean, I honestly think it is the most popular question that anyone ever asks me is how can I be a calmer parent or how can I have a calmer house I would imagine (laughs) you know yes yeah it's just we would all like things to be a bit calmer I think yeah absolutely and I mean it's it it's complicated in a therapeutic sense but relatively simple in a nutshell is is that um the kids may or may not ever change they're always going to be them But as parents, we're in this amazing position to change how we respond. And when we respond rather than react to what's going on around us, then that changes everything. It dials down how the kids are responding to things and it makes their world calmer and safer. And uh, I guess the answer how to do that, that's what the podcast is going to be about. But that's that's key that that thing that you just said there how to respond rather than react because i found when my kids were small in particular i found i'd react all the time and then you feel bad after you've reacted in a way that you don't want to react right nobody wants to yell at their kids <laughs> yeah no one wants to say these things like i remember me and my husband used to do it all the time you know you'd say go up go upstairs to your room and then you'd be thinking, oh, I don't know what's going to happen once you get to your room. <laughs> you say these things, right? And you're there yeah. going, if you actually kind of take a moment and think about what just happened, you don't know why that particular thing has made you so cross. And then you don't know why you've said what you've said. Yeah. And yeah. Taking that moment to stop. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that is the classic. I just opened my mom and my mom fell out mm. and it doesn't feel very good. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't feel good because we remember being spoken to in that way. We remember being sent off to the bedroom when we're thinking, but what did I do? Why am I in my room? And then the parent is downstairs or in a different room saying, oh, what am I doing? Why are they in a different room? Yeah, exactly. And then you're going, why am I just doing exactly what I said I would never do? Yeah. Because you always go into parenting going, well, I'm not going to do what my parents did. Well, I did anyway. Do you yes. know? So yeah, I think, I think that's the classic, isn't it? But I, I mean, the reality is, is that as parents, we do what parenting we received because that is our experience of parenting. That is our DNA. It's it, it's, it's in our in body. Us. Yeah. Yes, it's in our lineage. It's in absolutely every part of us. But that doesn't mean that we can't take the responsibility to be the change. But it does mean it's not our fault. Yeah. Which is very freeing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the work that I do over the last 10 years 
has been supporting people to cultivate compassion. And I know that compassion sounds all, has loads of connotations of being really weak and hippy-dippy and airy-fairy. But really, compassion is the ultimate in strength. And it's the knowledge that life is really hard, but that we're dedicated to doing something about it. And within that, there's lots of wisdoms of compassion. And one of them is, is that the things that we find hardest aren't our fault. And that's amazing because then we know that for us, oh, I've turned into basket case mom because of my experience of being a child or my experience of um, receiving parenting. But then you see, we can also share that with our children so that when they make mistakes, uh, you know, we know, ah, well, that's not your fault. I'll help you do something different next time. And 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 that is when the calm bit comes in. Yeah. I, 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 sorry, on you go. No, so I was going to say, so in a practical term, right? So somebody's just had a meltdown. You've shouted and reacted. Take that moment, maybe take a breath, walk around in a circle for two minutes and then say, possibly say, I didn't mean to react like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I remember asking you before, so do you sit down and discuss it with your four-year-old? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is where loads of parents, and I was that parent, anything I'm saying here, I'm not saying it because I read it from a book. I'm saying it because I'm like, experienced and trained in it but also because I did it too mm. because this is the journey of being a mother but all parents go into this kind of post-match analysis mode with their children and most of the time kids don't really care <laughs> you know kids kids are like okay kids just want to know that they haven't disappointed you that they're safe right yes. that they're safe in the relationship Yes, kids just want to know that when they're at their worst, when they've done the most awful thing, you can still totally love them. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's it. So often parents say, well, then I sat down and then we went through what happened. And then I said, you could do this next time and you could do that next time. And I just say, well, I'm totally exhausted. So what's <laughs> everyone doing next time? And, and 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 the reality is, is that I mean, we can say to children, oh, why don't you try this next time? Or why don't you do that next time? But they're very small and their brains are developing and we have to trust. I mean, every week I have a conversation with a parent where they think that they've accidentally raised a child who's a monster. <laughs> and, 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 and I know it sounds funny, but some of them are really scared that they have done. And I say, okay, but that's, that's that one part of your day. Tell me about the other thing. And they said, oh, well, there was this amazing time when my child did this or this. And, and you know, we have to remember that there's lots of parts to all of us, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's really tricky because I'm in this lucky place. I think I, I feel it's really lucky anyway, where say this year, I've met loads of teenagers and anyone from the age of 13 to 19, and, you know, one of the biggest problems they had was that they'd learned along the way that they're not allowed to disagree with their parents. Mm. And, and, and parents say to me, oh, no, they're allowed to have a different opinion, but they're not allowed to call me names. They're not allowed to shout. They're not allowed to throw things. They're not allowed to. And I said, well, how else are you going to let your child be angry? Because being angry is really ugly. 
being angry is. I mean, when I'm angry, woof, you know, I'm angry. You know, my yeah, face and the is other person might, My other person might not be comfortable with that. You might yeah. not be comfortable when your child is angry with you, but it doesn't mean you need to dampen it down yeah. and snuff it out, right? Because then that's the message they're getting. I'm not allowed to be angry. Yes, and, 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 and then that gets internalized. And for me, that's what a lot of the self-harm and suicidal thoughts wow. are, are that I've met along the year but I, I know we've kind of segued off the point a little bit but I, I think though you see if your child is angry that's the way they have of letting you know that they're not okay I mean they can't sit down and say hey mom I'm really not feeling okay today yeah they'll come and like throw something at your head yeah <laughs> and it's, it's explosive but actually from working with the younger kids they yeah. move on pretty quickly they might have yes. a really messy, angry kind of reaction. And if you can just be there and sit with that, about 10 seconds later, they're probably off and dancing and doing something different. But yes. you're probably left feeling a bit poopy. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it is exhausting and it is really tiring and it is really triggering. And you see, the tricky thing is, is that when someone is being angry in front of us, that sends our body in an, into an automatic defensive mode response. Again, not your fault, not my fault, not anybody's fault, but we recognize that, okay, you're shouting at me. That's making my defense mechanisms kind of come to the surface, which means I'm getting prepared to shout. I'm getting prepared to, you know, shut this conversation down, but that is not what children need. And, and, and I always think like, I'm laughing because, so I don't work with anybody under the age of 13 because I believe that the parents I can support parents to do the bit of work that they're looking for. So I say to parents, you know, when children come to me and they're angry, I don't shout at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I get in the therapy room. I'm not reefing them out of it. I'm not saying you to stand outside now. Yeah. I'm taking your phone off you. You have to write me a letter to apologize. I say, oh my gosh, well, what was going on that you were really upset? You know, and and, yeah. and this is... I don't want to dumb down my experience here, but it's quite a simple thing for parents to do as well is, is to say, OK, well, they they need help with something or they want to let me know how bad something is for them. But this is not a judgment of me or my parenting. So it's and, like playing detective a little bit, right? You know, yes. oh, they're doing this now. I wonder what's going on for them. Yes. Other than how dare they? Yes. How dare you not be good? How dare you not do what I need you to do? Yeah. No. And, 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 um, and, and as you say, being a detective is essential because I have three children and I know that for each of them, they have different things that drive them bananas. Mm. Right. And I know, and I can see loads of their different bits are very similar to the bits that drive me bananas as well. You know, there's this, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's this great Irish expression that I learned recently. Maybe it's not Irish. Maybe you know, Steph. But um, it's something like, well, they didn't lick it off a stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, is, is that an Irish expression? Yeah, it's expression? like the apple didn't fall far from the tree, right? That okay. kind of expression. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard it. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a lot of my kids, the thing that drives my kids bananas are things that drive me bananas, mm. which is why, you know, as parents, we have to be ahead of our children in how we manage our emotions. So, and, and I think a lot of the time we have to be really honest as parents and see if we actually are, you know, or, or 
And sometimes being ahead of our children, sometimes we're light years ahead. Um, sometimes we're a nanosecond ahead. But we have to be ahead of them in how we manage ourselves and how we manage our emotions. So what do you mean by that? Do you mean you can see something's brewing? You need to be one step ahead by seeing, oh, this is probably happening because this is going on. You're, you're, you're already working out what's happening before it's erupted. Is that what you mean by being ahead of them? Yeah, maybe. I mean, although when you said that, I thought, poof, that sounds like hard work for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've got the brain capacity to do that all the time. I mean, so I, I think it depends. You know, I work with some families who again have been their child's detective right so they know that they would have to plan the day a day in advance and sit with their child and say so tomorrow we're doing this we're eating this and we're you know yeah and I say okay good so that so there's the safety in that but there's also just like when things happen and I guess and that, so there's this expression I used to use and then my husband said but that's not true actually but I'm going to use it here that you know you can't teach anyone to drive a car unless you can drive yourself so the point is is that you can't teach anyone anything unless you can do it yourself and my okay. husband's my husband said that's not true because Arsene Wenger never played football but he was a great football manager and now he's on the board of FIFA <laughs> so, well apart from Arsene Wenger oh, then God. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but okay. generally the rule yeah, is but right. Gen and yeah, and, and and so I guess what I mean is about being a step ahead. It's like if your child is going to find something really tricky and explode, well, can you be that step ahead that you say, okay, well, I can help someone when they explode, mm. when they get really upset. I, I give you an example. In my house once. I'm very lucky. I live in an open plan house, so there's loads of windows, and I looked at the back and I saw one of my kids picking up is the wrong word I don't know what you do with a slitter and a Harley but he took a shot and then I saw through the windows <laughs> and I heard an amazing smash <laughs> oh I was at his our initiation it was our first ever window smash but he came in and he was so upset I mean he was really upset <laughs> so I shook his hand and I gave him a hug. I say, well, congratulations. It's our first ever window that's been smashed. And he felt really bad. Yeah. But because I've done the work on myself, I don't need him to feel worse than he already does. I, I don't, I know what it's like to feel bad. So I didn't respond from that place. I responded from a place of, well, congratulations and come on in, have a seat. I can, he was really shaken. Yeah, I feel so bad. But I didn't and I, have to shout at him for that. And see, if we talk about perhaps old school parenting, I can hear, I was going to say men, Ooh. you know, maybe, I could, okay, I could hear my dad saying, but what about the consequence? There must be a consequence for this type of behavior. But you saw that he had already had enough of a consequence because he felt bad. You didn't yes. need to add to that. You didn't need to shame him into feeling worse, right? No. He had already had that experience. Yeah, he felt bad. But and what's so the answer? How do you how do you fend off the people and say, well, that's just letting them do whatever they want? So I would say to the people um, is, well, if you think that punishing a child and having formal consequences the way to create change you just haven't read enough of the scientific research about brain development yet okay and I don't mean that like in a kind of shirty way I genuinely mean it yeah right I, I could share oodles of research into how people develop how we can 
help children and adults nurture their brains and their emotional regulatory system so that they thrive. And we're human beings. So we're designed to be cared for and we're designed to care about each other. And that's it. Yeah, because shame yeah. is a horrible, horrible feeling. We know oh, that feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know shame... that we learn anything from that feeling. Do you know what I mean? No. If somebody makes no. us feel ashamed. Yes. And, and and you see, guilt is the feeling of like, oh, God, I feel really bad about doing that. But shame is when somebody else makes us feel bad. And shame is the underlying emotion in suicide. And it is the underlying emotion in self-harm. Okay. So, I mean, parents, as much as we can do to take our foot off the pedal of shame. And, and I remember, Steph, you told me this story um, when we were practicing for recording for the podcast about fear. So I, I think it's okay to share, even though it's your story. Um, but, it, it, and it was just that maybe when we were growing up, there was more fear. There was like a rule of fear. Ooh. Yeah, you were afraid of your teachers. I was yes. often given the, you know, wait till your father gets home. Ooh. You know, what, <laughs> oh God. And, you know, I I think that's how, that's how society kept control of everyone, right? You were yeah. scared of the, the, the police, you were scared of the teachers, and there's not a hope anyone would ever, you know, go up against a doctor or a teacher, or these, these were people that we kind of cowered down to, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 that, I mean, that's just unhelpful. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and terrifying. You know, there were teachers that we behaved for, but it was because we'd heard that you know they had given a wallop to such and such. Or I had one particularly lovely science teacher that would throw the board rubber at us. You know, the big oh. hard wooden thing would come flying at you. I yeah, I think that. that's happened around these parts as well historically. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, the fact that you remember that, that we can sit here and feel the fear. Well, I can guarantee you that if I operated from that place internally, it would be a place of self-criticism, a place of overwhelm, a place of judgment. And here's the thing I, I say to parents and so my children at the moment are 11, almost 10 and eight. It's really hard to remember, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hang on, I'm just going to check my phone. Um, and I, I say to all parents, fast forward two years, five years, 10 years, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your child? Mm. And people say, well, I want them to be open. I want the, I want the relationship, sorry, to be open. I want the child to be able to trust me. I want them to be able to tell me anything. And I say, well, isn't that super? But that is not going to happen if you give out to your child when they do something wrong. Yeah, the classic example, right? I My kids aren't old enough to have phones yet, but I, I remember hearing one of my friends, the, the teenager had done something and they confiscated the phone. Yeah. Fine. Okay, that was the rule in their house. But then I was thinking, but next time that kid does something, they're just going to make sure you don't find out so that you don't take their phone. Yeah. So then you've made them kind of retreat a bit. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. remember when I worked in Pieta House as well, they always said to never take th their their model of working was to never take a phone off somebody because the children, teenagers, young adults need to be able to communicate outside of the family home. They need to connect with peers and removing that is so much more 
uh, destructive. I, I know there's lots of dangerous things about phone and who are they contacting and what are they saying? And but that's the learning, and that's right? our the, job too to 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 parent yeah. the the device, right? Like, yes, I sat absolutely. in the I sat in the car with my daughter about ten minutes ago. She has an old iPad, and the only thing that she can communicate with others on is Snapchat. I hate oh, Snapchat, cool. just by the by. But <laughs> she had this whole conversation with me, which I was nodding and going, "Okay, okay." I didn't understand a word of it. Not a word of it. It's not about this chain and unopened messages and all the rest of it. And I, I went away going, "I I have to learn about this. I have yeah. to learn how Snapchat works." Even though I know I hate it, I hate it because the messages disappear. Don't like that. Why do we need that? Yeah. But I need to learn. I need to sit down with Snapchat and go, right, how does this thing work? Because if I don't understand it, how am I going to have a hope of helping her to navigate it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And and I think also with the online world, it, it is like there's like a fake world, the online world where you know you can have 720 million friends but then you have your two or three that wish you happy birthday yeah and you have the ones that you go to when you're sad or when you're happy or when you've got something important to say and I I think that's an important distinction but the big thing is is that I think say when we were younger I mean I speak on behalf of both of us tell me if I've got this totally Mm, wrong probably not (laughs) I mean like you know like if I was going to make a mistake it wasn't publicly online where it could be filmed and be there forever you know my mistakes were things that like I mean there were some pretty big ones that I won't go into into right now you have to buy me a drink for the inside (laughs) secrets guys I'll have a hot whiskey um you know but but my point is is that the I mean, like the world is more dangerous in some ways for children and the mistakes that they can make are bigger and more public and more obvious and more. And so as parents, we kind of have to level up to that in terms of our acceptance of that Mm. and our kind of like, well, don't worry about it. I'm here to help you with it. Yeah. You know, and and, and the other thing as well, I think about being calm is, is that we don't have to fix children's problems. You know, uh, we just have to sit with them. And I know I'm a mom. My kids tell me stuff and there'll be a bit of me that's totally freaking out. And then there's another bit that's like, it's okay, I've got this. Whatever this this is, I know that I will be here. I can help you and we'll get through it. Yeah, because the, the, the practical side of kind of, okay, hearing your kids fighting, I know is a big trigger for me. You know, when they're just at each other. Yeah. Old Steph would have gone, can you just stop arguing? Yeah. No, obviously they can't stop arguing because yeah. they're, they're arguing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so they, haven't, they haven't got that bit yet in life. Yeah. So it, it's then it's putting your calm, okay, I need to help them. And yeah. often nowadays, <laughs> nowadays that starts with, can I help you guys with this? Yeah. You know, can I help you sort this? You can speak, you can speak, you know, how do we, how do you think he's feeling about this? How do you think that made your sister feel? Yeah. Just bringing an awareness and a and a calm, you know, this isn't, how do you think it made your sister feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this isn't that judgy mummy voice. This is a, just a, a calm approach to help them resolve it. Yeah. Because if I just yell and say, you two stop arguing and you go there and you go there, what have they learned? Nothing. Yeah. How do I feel? Pretty pants after that, you know. Yeah. 
If you'd like the answers to help your child with their emotions or behaviors, or if you're ready to become the parent and person you'd like to be, then start your free seven-day trial in the Cow Parenting Club by going to my website, bethanoreardon.com. So if you were doing if you were doing a practical guide for how to be a calm parent, <laughs> yeah. what what would the first thing be? Obviously, pause. I would yeah. think. Just yeah. stop. Stop yeah. because whatever's happening, I always say to people, the very first thing you want to say is never the thing you should say. Ooh. You know? Okay. The first so, thing that you want to say is probably the thing you shouldn't say. Yeah. Okay. Because our brains are wired to be in a defensive mode. They're wired for things to be awful, you know? So I, I remember something once happened with one of my kids. And the first thing I thought, it was like, oh, bleep, this is really bad. But I didn't say that to him. Okay. He needed to know that I had him. So I went and I said, oh, okay, let's figure this out. And I, I, I think, you know, to do that, yes, there has to be mindful awareness of like, oh, um, I think I'm going to make things a lot worse now. Um, <laughs> you know, if I just say about this to bugger this one up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I think um, keep yourself at arm's length from yourself, you know, and keep. You're going to have to translate that one. <laughs> so, like, just so we have this ability to just jump in with with whatever we're thinking and feeling. But if we can just stop and say like, oh, okay, well, there's that defensive part of me that wants to hop in there. Okay, so looking at yourself kind of as a yeah. third person and kind of going, oh, what am I about to do? Yeah. Yes. And and all this is practice, by the way. This is yeah. all it is. People say, well, how, how, how? And I say, well, it's practice. And then the next thing is, 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 is just go gently. So don't say the first thing you want to say. Just see if the thing you're going to say is really helpful. And then the third thing is just see how you can help because behind every behavior, there's a, there's a feeling and behind the feeling there is a need. So if you can think as a parent, well, what do my kids need? But even before that, think, well, what do I need? And that is how we teach our children to problem solve through things whilst also letting them be reactive, be children not have life experience to know what to say and do. And that is how us as parents, we can gently lead and we can guide our children without having that awful feeling of, I opened my mouth and my mother fell out yeah. again. Yeah. So it's catching yourself in the moment. That's the first step, right? And the more you can catch yourself in that moment, and you can't do it all the time. We're not perfect. So yeah. trying to catch yourself in that moment perhaps recognizing what triggers you more than other things. I know for yep. me, it's noise. Yeah. Like I've noticed if I have a car full of kids, maybe for an hour going to the beach or something like that, I need to put in headphones because yeah. I'm just. Yeah, yeah. And it's the type of thing that I would normally have said, I'll just shut up. Yeah, Try yeah. to drive. You're really distracting you, know, all that stuff. Yeah, all the good I stuff. Now I now drive with headphones in. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lovely podcast and they, they're messing away because they're not doing anything wrong, but they're yeah. triggering me, I find. Yeah. And I know when I was in a car, <laughs> I was often told to shut up and, you know, all those things that we, we experienced when we were younger. So that's yeah. the first thing. Catch yourself in the moment. 
try and recognize what triggers you the most. Is it your kid answering back to you? Is it noise? Is it siblings fighting? And maybe being extra gentle with yourself in those moments. Yeah. Even if that means walking outside the door, taking a good lungful of air and okay, I'm ready for this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, parents always ask me, well, how can I get my child to regulate? And I say, well, but I don't know if any of us can really regulate all the time, first of all, regulate their emotions. I mean, and I think the second really important part of that is, is children learn through a process called co-regulation. So the more that we practice dialing down that overwhelmed feeling, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, oh my God, like if I feel triggered by something, I feel it in every part of my body, the cortisol, the adrenalines, everything's rushing through. I feel like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I, I was saying, I, I think maybe before, I love this program called Money Heist. And I remembered the word for it. You know, the, the female fighters have like these huge magazines, is it? Oh of yeah. Like ammunition and they've got these giant guns. That is the feeling of being triggered. (laughs) You know, you're like, I'm coming to get you all. You know, (laughs) you've got your goggles on. You've got your. No, that is not that is not going to help your child (laughs) co-regulate, you know. And and the really important thing is about that is the children who learn to be good, the children, the children who learn to be good and dial down whatever is going on for them. They do that because that they learn through the relationship that that regulates the parent. So they learn, okay, my mom or dad will be calm when I am calm, but that's the wrong way around. Wow. You know, a child should learn, okay, I can feel calm when my parents are calm. But so often people say, my child is so good. And then maybe a few months or years later, they come down because the kid's got a lot of emotional problems from being good. It's come out sideways, as I call it, where it's, yeah. you know, psh, it's, the reaction has come from something completely different. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think that really helps. I think, you know, those catching yourself in the moment, approaching things differently, just differently not yeah. reacting the same way we've always reacted all of those things will help yep generally being more calm the house yeah. being more calm yeah I mean like everyone's allowed to lose their mind as well <laughs> everyone's allowed to go bananas <laughs> yeah and having an awareness of that and saying look I've had a really pants day I I just you know I'm sorry I've said that to my kids before now I'm sorry I reacted like that I'm really tired it's the end yeah. of the day it's been a long day I didn't mean to shout so you know let's go and do whatever so that's that yeah, yeah sorry about that and actually yeah. when you do that it's so much more power I grew up in a household where nobody apologized ever yeah but it, it was like the worst thing you could do so yeah I learned don't that. show weakness yeah so I learned that and I think I probably only rediscovered apologizing in my 40s and kind of going and I still <laughs> find it really difficult but kind of saying yeah. oh sorry about that you know I didn't mean to say that you're right you know and actually, I've noticed my 11-year-old is a bit of a hallelujah moment. You know, some days when she's not off form, she might come back to me about half an hour later and say, sorry, I'm just a bit grumpy. And you're just like, yeah. oh, that's... And that's it, isn't it? No explanations, no yeah. big post-match analysis. We're not no. moving figures around on a board to figure what we should have done differently and what we could do next time. It's just this like, whoa, I went mental, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it you know and yeah. the thing is if we can bring 
This is why I love your work so much, Steph, because it brings laughter and play. And one of the skills and qualities of compassion is, well, how can we bring a playfulness to ourselves when it all feels a bit yucky? And actually, you can often diffuse a moment, particularly with younger kids, with humour. Yeah. Or, you know, I remember you telling a story actually about a a child that had bitten and and you were like, oh, are we being crocodiles today? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, oh, you shouldn't bite. It doesn't have to be big. It can be playful. Yeah. And actually, a lot of the times, obviously, as a teacher, when you're you're working with big groups of kids, I, I certainly don't go around yelling at them. You know, I have to do it in a playful way. So think about it like that. You know, think about, you know, what? how can I do this in a playful way? And if you can, you know, the flip of the switch between kind of crying and laughing, it's very, very small. So if you can get them to laugh in that moment, you're winning, I think. Oh, absolutely. And what that does then in a therapeutic sense, it takes the sting out of things and it it dials down the shame, you know, because when we say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, we feel bad. So if we can be like, woof, I went mental, didn't I? Woo, I totally lost it. Everyone is laughing. (laughs) And that teaches children, do you know what? You're going to go mental, but we can laugh about it. Not at you, but we can laugh about that too. And that's a repair afterwards, right? That's a, you know, coming back together. Yeah. So as we wrap up this episode, we wanted to tell you that we have this email address, themummind at gmail.com. So every week we're going to cover a different theme, but it's going to be based on something you've asked us to cover. So if you have any queries, we'll never kind of reveal who you are. We're not going to say Mary from North Cork told us about her awful <laughs> family want experience. Us to. Yeah. <laughs> but generally, so this this one is called Calm. So we'll have topics that we cover because you've asked us to cover it. So the mummind at gmail.com, drop us a line and we'll try and cover it in one of our topics. Sounds great, Steph. Kinderama is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. It's full of music, imaginative play, adventures, ball skills, dance, drama, and all for the under sixes. We have an online programme at kinderama.com and if you use the discount code MUMMIND20, you can have 20% off an annual membership. 